You're listening to Make Your Way, Season 4, Episode 4. Welcome to Make Your Way, where we explore what it means to work and create on your own terms. Along with every episode, we post show notes with links to resources mentioned in the episode and a full transcript. You can find these materials at katielinder.work slash podcasts. Hey, Katie, how are you? Hello, Sarah. I am good. What's going on with you? Oh, not much. Just thinking a lot about uh, what's what's coming down the pipeline. And uh, I know today we're going to be talking a lot about all of these different tools and things that we use to make our businesses go. Um, and I'm excited to talk to you about what tools you are really loving and what things need some overhaul, because I think you and I are both in the place of like, you know, that, that time where you like sit down at your computer and you're like, well, I need to make this change. But I know if I go into this, I'm going to get sucked into a rabbit hole that is going to take four hours to yeah. fix this one stupid thing. And yeah. just, yep, there's just not time for it. So uh, I know you and I are both thinking about how to be more intentional about making some of those changes in the next uh, you know, weeks and months. So I am excited to dig into this a little bit today and talk about some of the tools we like and some of the ones that we need to change a little bit. Yeah. So, well, and I, I hope this is also encouraging for our listeners, because I feel like when you get into this moment where you're like, I know I need to overhaul this, I'm afraid to do it. I either feel like I don't have the technical know-how or it's going to take too long or whatever. Like, I feel like I have to have like a six month window where I'm like thinking about it, researching it, <laughs> like, you know, starting to toy with it, starting to think about like, what would this take? And at least one of my overhauls, which I'll get into a little bit in this episode, there was an actual problem I, I had to solve before I could do it. Like, I, mm-hmm. and I was like, I know if I overhaul it in this way, I'm not going to have this functionality anymore. And I have to figure out another way to have that functionality. So it took me a while to like troubleshoot that problem before yep. I could really move forward um, with kind of shifting the tool in a different direction. So sometimes it takes time. And I think that's okay to kind of yeah. get your head wrapped around it. And it's not always, I think, a, a kind of negative procrastination. I think sometimes it's like, no, you have to really think about these systems and how they function, especially when they're functioning with each other. Well, and when they're so integrated into the core of your business that like one small change could, you know, cast, cause a cascade of effects totally. that you probably don't want to have You don't want to like take down your payment system for like two <laughs> exactly. weeks or whatever because you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, no, agreed. Whoops. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so why don't we start with some of the systems or the tools that we that we really love or that we work with a lot and are really comfortable with and, and enjoy on a regular basis. I'm curious which tools fall into that category for you, Katie. So um, the ones that I would say are um, kind of central and core to my business right now, and some of them are kind of recent. Um, the first one is Simplecast. This is how I publish podcasts, um, and including the one you're listening to right now. And I had recently switched my hosting platform from Libsyn to Simplecast. And I still use Libsyn for Research in Action, which is one of my podcasts through Oregon State. But I switched everything else over to Simplecast. And it is, as it is titled, very simple. I really love the interface. Um, And especially because I merged everything into one channel, it just made a lot of sense to do this. You can kind of um, upload unlimited content um, into this one channel. It's a lot cheaper than what I was paying before. And um, so far, I really like the player, you know, like there's just other um, pieces of it that I've really enjoyed. So Simplecast is one of them. Um, But that was a recent change that happened over the summer, basically. So within the last six months or so, I I shifted that. Another one that's really core to my business is Zoom. 
And this was something I chose to invest in over the summer when I started running virtual writing groups because I had experienced Zoom and um, kind of the breakout sessions and other things that you could do with my coaching training and really liked it and was having some pain issues with Skype and um, thought that Zoom would be kind of an interesting tool to try. And I really love it. I use it now for all of my coaching appointments. All of my coaching appointments are recorded and the, se- the clients get a session audio. So um, it's made that super easy to do. And it's also relatively inexpensive. I think I'm paying $15 a month for the plan that I have. And I'm also planning on experimenting a little bit more with some webinar options, and I'm currently using it for the webinars I'm running for my um, prolific academic writing group um, community. So Zoom has been a really good investment. I've been really pleased with that. I have not toyed around with the breakout groups as much as I would like. So that's something I'm gonna be playing around with a little bit um, probably this year in 2019. Uh, Number three for me would be FreshBooks. And um, this is where I handle all of my invoicing of clients and also where I do the majority of my bookkeeping. Um, This is where I have like the paperwork that comes out of FreshBooks is what goes to my accountant at the end of the the tax year. So um, FreshBooks has been, again, one of those things that I really appreciate when a tool they're like constantly updating it and they're trying to make it better for their users. And FreshBooks is such a good example of that where like they always have these little updates and and ways to try to make the user experience better. And so I've really loved using that tool. And then a couple more on the list, um, Mighty Networks is where I run Prolific, which is the group I started this year. And um, I had been in a couple other Mighty Networks communities just to kind of test it out. And I've really enjoyed jumping in and kind of managing that community. So that's been really interesting. And Prolific is definitely something I want to look at growing in 2019. So I'm excited to see what that will look like. And so far, it's been relatively painless in terms of getting it set up and running it. And then the last tool I have on my list is Teachery. And I get asked a lot about the course building tools I use, and I do use Teachery for that. I also use Teachery to house things like webinar replays, and I use it to set up the space to house the replays for my writing groups and things like that. I use it all the time. Like there, I have so many things set up in there and it really is core to my business. And because I purchased um, that as part of a buy our future package from the person who created Teachery, I am not paying any kind of monthly fee for that. So that's amazing. Um, And I've mentioned this before on the show, but we'll link to it in the show notes, the Wandering Aimfully membership um, that Teachery is a part of if you're interested in kind of looking at that. But um, yes, so that is like the fifth tool that I would say is really foundational for my business. Those are all those are all good tools. I've I've used uh, one or two of the well, or at least I'm aware of most of those. Um, Several of those, you know, you mentioned FreshBooks. We've talked about that previously on the show. I use a, a different one, I use uh, QuickBooks Self-Employed, but a similar kind of thing where it's mm-hmm. invoicing and, oh my gosh, I would, I would, don't even know what I would do if I did not have that, that it's piece so of software. Easy. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, to let people pay via credit card. And mm-hmm. I mean, the other thing that is built in um, that I feel like it's not a tool that I'm using as much, but I also do use Stripe um, for mm-hmm. certain things. And it's also been, you know, these tools are really meant to make this easier. And yes, they're taking out a fee and whatever. I don't even care. Like, I mean, I... Right. I I can't imagine trying to do this work by like paper checks or whatever. Like, I mean, it just makes it so convenient for my clients to pay invoices and I can track like who's paid, who hasn't paid. I can send gentle reminders to people. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's just, um, and especially the bookkeeping aspect of it. I love. Right. 
Right. So much easier. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah. So what are the core things that you're using, Sarah? Uh, so the, the things that I'm primary, primarily using uh, on a regular basis and that I, that I enjoy or that I, I like to use, um, Canva is a big one. And Katie, you and I, I know, have talked at length about how much we're we totally Canva. fangirls for canva oh my <laughs> we god are. they upgraded to their 2.0 and i'm still kind of getting a little bit familiar with the new newer looking interface and stuff but it's uh for the most part really easy to use and like the graphics on there and the design like gra- graphics and design is not a strong suit of mine and so it's so nice to be able to go in there and just have templates that you can pop in and then, you know, play around with and make it look professional quality. When if I had to do it on my own, let's just say it, I'm pretty sure a fourth grader could do better. So um, yeah, Canva, you're you're saving my butt there. It's great. Okay, so question for you, Sarah, have you used their app yet? Uh, a little bit. I wasn't crazy about it. So I, when was the last time you used it? Uh, it's been a couple months. So. Okay. So, well, that's not too far ago. I just started trying it because I'm uh-huh. trying to do some new stuff with Instagram and I right. always struggle with like, how do I get the images onto my phone and, you know, like to upload them. I mean, I'm such a, it's ridiculous. I'm sure people are listening <laughs> to this going like, oh my God, what is wrong with you? But you set up um, a sharing portal between your computer and your phone. Well, there's AirDrop, AirDrop and like, it. I mean, yeah. I've just, I've just started using AirDrop. Like you guys, I'm so far behind. It's ridiculous. And my partner is like, yeah, it's, there's a lot of judgment there, but <laughs> like, um, yeah. what is wrong with you? But yes, I the app has been actually kind of helpful for that. Good. And Good. I will admit to some late night, like laying in bed, designing stuff, like because I can't <laughs> fall asleep, you know, like it's kind of easy to get things started. And it's it does kind of it takes some, you know, like figuring out because it's a mm-hmm. very small screen compared to like working on a computer. But anyway, I've just discovered yeah. the app like this week and I'm like, ooh, this ooh, is this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it allows you to kind of play around with that. Like you said, if you're, if you're can't sleep one night or if you're on the go and you need to quickly put together a visual for something like that's the great thing about the Canva app for sure. Um, one of the other tools I use, and I think most people on the planet use now is Google drive. I could not do what I do without Google drive. So uh, I, you know, I do all of my kind of storage and backup and all of that kind of stuff. It goes through Google Drive. And um, I love being able to share folders of stuff. So yeah. when I go and give presentations, instead of having the group that's hiring me do a huge amount of printing of materials and slides and that kind of thing, I just throw it all up in a Google Drive folder in a shared link and just share the link with people. Um, and then they can access it and uh, get all the materials directly from, from Google. So it saves a bunch on paper and that sort of thing. Um, I, I apparently am one of the few people, at least in the crowds that I speak to, who, who do that. <laughs> That's like mm-hmm. a new thing, maybe, which seems weird to me. But um, a lot of people are like, oh, do I, so I just go to this link to get it? Yes, it's, it's magic. Yay, Google. Thank you. Um, so I use Google Drive a lot uh, on a daily basis and, and generally like how things are laid out in there and Team Drives is a new thing that's coming out, and that's been kind of interesting to play around with a little bit. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, good job, Google. Keep, I love keep those, doing the Google. It's basically like a free tool that also allows you to, like, structure interactions with clients. Like, when I'm trying to bring people through a process, yep. like, my coaching clients each have a folder, and there's mm-hmm. a coaching plan in the folder, and the copy of their contract is in the folder. We store their audio sessions in that folder. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm also doing a new website client, we store their plan for their website there. Their website assets get stored there. Like, I mean, I yep. use it for that kind of process-oriented yep. stuff, too, which is cool because it, it interfaces really well with, like... Um, 
Google little surveys and things like that. So if you want mm-hmm. people to take, like if there's an intake form that you want to build yep. into your business through that. Um, so that's relatively easy as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. It makes it, it makes it easy to do the basics of your business well. And I, and I feel like that's the highest compliment I can give because sometimes the basics are the things that they're the most crucial and they can also be the most expensive. Uh, and so for Google to provide this, you know, free tool, basically, uh, you have to continue to buy storage, obviously, but um, to, to make your business easier to run, like magic. I don't, yeah. When, when I hear people don't use Google Drive, I'm like, how do you function? I don't understand. <laughs> but <laughs> I really love Google Drive, in case you couldn't tell. Um, one of the other tools that I am uh, getting more used to and using a little bit more these days is um, a tool called Airtable. So I kind of think of Airtable as uh, Google Sheets on steroids, <laughs> actually. Um, Airtable has this really great way of like linking between different sheets, uh, you know, outlining your stuff in calendar form or in form form or in table form um, and really allows you to kind of connect your data and link your data in really interesting ways. So I've been using this a lot lately um, to kind of help me catalog and organize my digital content that I have. So my blog posts and my videos and my podcasts and all that content that I have as a to to have a place where it's all um you know, all the links are there, all of the graphics are there, um, all of the keywords that I might use for this are there, the different categories that this falls into um, in terms of, is this for child development stuff? Is this science communication? Is this about building my business? You know, so that when I'm looking for content to kind of share uh, on social media channels, it's easy for me to like distill down by keyword and then say, oh, here are the pieces of content that I could very easily um, shift over. So I'm working on building kind of a, a more robust uh, kind of content management system within Airtable. Um, and so that's been really, really helpful. Um, and every time I create a new social media post, I have a little form now that I can just pop open. It's bookmarked and I just pop it open, literally copy paste over and hit submit and it goes into my table. <laughs> so it's just like, it's, it's simplified that process for me a lot, which has been really great. So I'm liking Airtable. I'm sure there's so much that I could do with Airtable that I don't know about yet. And so I'm excited yeah. to get into it. Yeah, I um, think it's kind of unbelievable. Like it's, um, we, I use it for so many different things, including social media content management with um, the team that I collaborate on at work or collaborate mm-hmm. with at work. But I, Soto by Design would not have been created in the time that it was if I didn't have Airtable. Like yeah. I was organizing everything about that course in Airtable. And I know, I've introduced it to so many people who love it. Like it's yeah. the colors, the color coding, the checkboxes. I mean, yep. people love it. And the linking, the different ways that you can look up records, like all of that has been magic. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> you, basically a relational database. Yeah. You can use it as a CRM if you want yeah. to, um, which is which is great. And I use it for for that for um, a few other projects I'm working on too. But um the, the last one that I'll, I'll mention, and this is one that I just, I've always used and I've always really liked um, because it's a really robust software uh, program and that's Final Cut Pro. So I use Final mm. Cut Pro for all of my video editing. Um, I played around with iMovie in my early days of making videos and oh, I'm so glad I upgraded to Final Cut Pro. It's, it, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, a lot of other people I know, a lot of other creators use the Adobe uh, software, especially if they're working on um, PCs. I have a Mac personally. So uh, Final Cut Pro just, it allows a lot of 
really robust kinds of editing, but it's also pretty user user friendly and intuitive. Um, so once you kind of know the basic the basics of it, you can make a really good looking video um, with just kind of basic knowledge of you know cutting and and pulling things together. But you can also do really robust um, you know motion graphics and different kinds of animations and different styles. They give you lots of different templates for things and overlays and all of this. So um, it's a it's a software uh, program that I love just kind of diving into and losing myself in for several hours. <laughs> um, it has frustrating elements too, but uh, for the most part, I, I've really enjoyed using Final Cut and it just continues to get better. So yay. Cool. Good job, developers. <laughs> yeah, that is the thing that I love. So like one other one that I'll mention that I just think is doing like a phenomenal job of development is the theme I use for a lot of my websites and my client websites, and that's Divi. Mm. And they are so you buy this package for like $250 for this theme for a lifetime membership. What? Yeah. And then you can use it as a developer on multiple sites. Oh. And they're updating it constantly and they're giving you like templates and like ways of like structuring pages that just get embedded in the builder. And so you like literally click a button and it like puts the template on there. I mean, it's just like wow. I'm amazed. Like I'm amazed at the low level of investment I made in this and how much it pays off in terms yeah. of, I get emails from them every week saying, here's a major thing that we've just added to the platform that will help mm -hmm. you like make your life so much easier. And I I love that, this idea of like customer delight, like giving yeah. people things that you like didn't know you needed and then you see it and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And <laughs> like WordPress, just as, as many of you already know who are listening to this, went through a 5.0 update, which I think scared a lot of people. And Divi was like on it. I mean, they were like preparing for it for months, like they were ready to go. I mean, and I was just like, this is incredible. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, and clearly they're like a multi-million dollar company and whatever, and, and they have all these developers and designers. But I'm so impressed by how they like constantly are trying to like up their game. And mm -hmm. I recommend them all the time. Like you have to know a little bit about what you're doing in order to run it because it's kind of power hungry, which is why mm -hmm. like we manage it on our clients behalf when I use it on their websites. But I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. stuff like that. I love tools like that, too, where you just you're like, I didn't even know I needed this. But oh, I so need this. <laughs> yeah, well, and it just makes I love when like companies invest in their own stuff, like they don't just mm -hmm. create it. And I mean, this is so ironic for me to be saying this, because I'm like, I create it and I let it go and I move on to the next thing. <laughs> Um, but when companies really do that kind of deep investment in their tools, mm -hmm. like, I love that. Yeah. It's it so makes cool. it so much better and easier to use. It's very true. Mm -hmm. So Katie, I'm curious about then what are some of the, uh, those rabbit holes that you need to dive down and spend some hours fixing some stuff or adjusting some things to uh, meet some new needs for your systems? Okay. So I identified like five. Um, when I'm just going to get off my plate super early, cause I'm not really the one who's going to be doing it. And that is the WordPress, WordPress 5.0 updates. Um, and that is something my partner is tackling. He does that back end in our business and he has been so attentive to it and like very careful about how we're updating our websites to make sure that everything is going to be fine. And, mm -hmm. but that's definitely a thing, um, that needs to happen. And, um, I'm sure anyone who does their own website stuff knows that, uh, especially if it's on WordPress, like this is a. A pretty big deal to mm -hmm. go up to 5.0. Um, so I'll just kind of like set that aside. But that's something that's been on our minds. Um, a few other things that I've been thinking about. One is uh, the biggest one is probably MailChimp. 
So MailChimp recently went to this like new tagging system. And I've also had enough people join my newsletter that I've been bumped up like twice in terms of my cost that I'm paying for MailChimp in the past, I would say like six months. And I know I have duplicates on my list because I have multiple lists of people and I use lists for probably not in the ways that they were intended because I just don't know what I'm doing. But for example, I have MailChimp tied into Teachery. So if you buy one of my mini courses, you get kind of an automated message from me welcoming you to that mini course, giving you the link for the login. Sometimes I do automated um, kind of strings of emails over time to like let people know to either educate them on the thing that they bought or to check in with them about something over time. So I've been kind of like, I would say, very much like playing with this in a way of, it's been very experimental and I really need to just commit to doing, I know enough now through the experimenting that I need to get serious about it, like about Mm -hmm. how I'm doing it. And now that they have this tagging thing, basically what that means is I need to merge all of my lists and tag people instead of like having all these like different lists. And I would say easily I have 25 different lists at this point that I'm like juggling. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem though with that, that I was trying to solve is I like that when you sign up for one of my little mini courses, you get a personalized message about that course. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure how to integrate the tagging part of that mm-hmm. with Teachery because mm-hmm. I really felt like you needed a separate list so that I could set up the automation to the list and not to the tag, because how would I tag someone if they're just being added into my general list? It would be like a manual thing. And like, I was trying to figure that that part out. And there's, I'm sure somebody listening to this, that's like, there's a really easy solution. And it's this, that or the other thing. And like, I don't know that. So um, I'm trying to kind I'm of figure sure this out. pretty sure it's in the form. So when you do it, when you do an embedded form of people signing but up. But it's not an embedded form. This is the problem. Ah, so Teachery it. has its own form. Okay. And, and they just like link it to a list. Uh, yeah. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. But I also remembered as I was troubleshooting this issue, like literally a month ago, that Teachery has its own welcome email that it can do. And I had turned oh. all of that off because I wanted to kind of manually do it myself. And I just didn't want to, you know, like I wanted to have my own brand and whatever. And I was like, oh, well, especially for all these little mini courses and stuff, why don't I just mm-hmm. turn on the welcome email, you know, like this, and then I can kind of manage it that way. So yeah. That was an example of like what I talked about earlier, where I literally wasn't moving forward with this because I had specific problems that I didn't know how to solve. And I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. And you need some brain space to kind of figure out like what are the possible options there. So I have set aside a day in my winter retreat period. By the time this publishes, hopefully this will be done. Hopefully people will not have received a thousand wrong emails from me (laughs) as this is happening. But I'm basically going to turn off all my automations, merge the lists, and I have a large list that's like the biggest one. And so I'm just going to kind of merge everything into that. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how I'm going to tag and like keep this. I'm, I'm obviously going to back everything up before I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like there's going to be like some manual tagging business yep. that's going to be happening. I mean, it's I'm, I'm afraid and I think it's going to be kind of a nightmare. But at the same time, I'm actually really excited about it because I'm like, this is a long time coming. And I think it's going to make things way more efficient. It's going to let me put my attention to really tailoring what the experience is that I want people to have when they're Mm -hmm. joining these lists. And it's also going to allow me to clean up my list with all these people who never opened my emails. So you're gone. Like, I'm just taking you out. I'm cleaning everything up. And I love a good tidying. So um, (laughs) I'm psyched. 
So that's the biggest one. Um, and then the other couple ones that I have that I'm thinking about, I have an acuity um, profile. Acuity is like a calendaring system. I'm not currently paying for it because I was just kind of experimenting with it. So I don't have a paid plan, but I feel like I need to figure out a way to let my clients book me automatically. And the challenge I've had with this is, as our listeners know, I work a full-time job. And so I tend to book with people over my lunch hour slash the weekends slash sometimes in the early morning, although I'm really trying to get away from that slash days where I have like a half day off because I'm doing a um, webinar or something or like holidays where I'm, I work over a holiday period, like Veterans Day or something like that. And so I feel like my calendar is just all over the place. And because of my outlook being set up through my work, of course, for security reasons, they won't let it integrate with anything. Like mm. my partner can't have access to it, which drives him crazy because he never knows my travel schedule. Like, Ugh. I mean, it's just a pain in the butt. And so that's one of those areas where I'm not actively ready to do anything about it yet, because I think I would manually have to go into Acuity and like add in the times that are available. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be able to have it like automate to my Outlook calendar. So I'm like, well, maybe I should just shift everything to Google. I'm not ready to do that. Like I, but it's a pain point. Like I, yeah. I wish I wasn't having to do like emails back and forth where I'm literally looking at my calendar and giving clients like five different options. And like, mm-hmm. it's a pain. Like it just yeah. feels like it shouldn't be that way. But I also think that this is just one of those challenges of working full time, like and yep. doing this on the side. Like I just don't have complete control you know, over those kinds of tools. So, so there's that. Um, And then the other couple ones I'm thinking about are, I currently pay quite a bit for the webinar platform that I'm using to run my How To Academia webinar series. It renews in July. And I I think it's more than what I need. There's not an easy way to downgrade it, which is kind of annoying. Um, And I am seriously considering like restructuring the webinars this year in a way that would allow me to use zoom Mm. instead of this webinar platform and i had kind of justified the use of the webinar platform because i wanted something that looked a little more professional i wanted um and also i was making enough for that um webinar product that i was like okay you know that like this pays for itself in terms Mm -hmm. of like offering this but I'm I'm just not sure that I'm like needing it in the same way that I was. And that would be a, a nice little savings for my business. So that's something I'm definitely considering shifting um, once the last webinar is done in May, just like canceling that and not mm-hmm. offering it anymore. Uh, OK, and then the last one is YouTube, because <laughs> I feel like I need to be doing more with it. I totally have been playing around with video and just like experimenting and I would love to have like I think it takes me a little while to like figure out what I want to do and I just like to play around and like brainstorm and think about different channel options and like different like video series that I might want to create I've been watching a lot of other people's videos including yours Sarah to kind of figure out what other people are up to what's going on in the academic space what would actually make me want to sit down for five minutes and watch someone's video Mm-hmm. Cause that's the thing that always gets to me is like, who sits down and just watches YouTube, but people do. And it people goes, do. <laughs> you can put it on your TV now. And I mean, it's like a whole thing. So I, yep. but I definitely wrote down final cut pro and was like, hmm, maybe hmm. I should be like playing with final cut pro. <laughs> um, but I, I think that that's another area this year that people are definitely going to see me 
you know, playing with more. Mm -hmm. And I already posted a video like a week ago that was like a five minute overview of like my planner and how I'm using it. And, and I get that question a lot. So I'm like, okay, well, let me just like throw something together, test out my little tripod, you know, like do some fun stuff. Um, but yeah, like I have all these ideas. I'm just not quite mm -hmm. sure how to execute them without making my life totally insane of like right. setting up like a studio in my house for like video production, which doesn't seem like quite the next right step to make with this. So yeah, I'm thinking about fair. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking about video. it. <laughs> I don't, you know, like it's just fun and I watch it you doing fun. it and I watch other people doing it and I'm like, I don't even really, it's not like I want like half a million YouTube followers. Like no. it's not really about that. It's just like another form of creative expression yep. that, yep. but I also am like, what, what would I, what would I want to watch? Like, I feel like the stuff I want to watch on YouTube is never the stuff that I would create. So, you know, like it's, I don't know what about my life would be like interesting enough or like what about my knowledge would be interesting enough or like, I don't know if people are listening to this and they're like having ideas for me, send them along. Cause I, I have no idea like what would be interesting to other people. I mean, I think anything that you've talked about on your podcast could be made into video form. I know, but still like why, why? Like I just need to <laughs> like, you just want to like why see though? my face. Like, I don't know. Like that just yeah. doesn't seem like enough to me. And, and podcasts are so convenient and you can like listen in the car and like, mm -hmm. so why would I repurpose that? You know, and, and some people like do the video channel and then they repurpose it into audio for podcasting. Like Wandering Aimfully does this very well, but I feel like I would want to do the video part more for the artistic yeah. expression yeah. than for just like me and my face being on a screen talking to you. Like, I don't know that I want to do that. Right. There's more that you can do visually with, obviously, with YouTube than you can with podcasts. So if there are visual aids or other things that you want to be showing while you're also talking about something, um, YouTube is a really, really great way to be able to do that. It also... Um, you know, as much as hearing, hearing our voices probably, you know, helps our listeners feel connected to us. I think there is a certain amount of, um, connection that can happen through video, uh, because of the facial expressions and all that kind of stuff. So, so in terms of relationship building and, and people feeling connected, um, it's a powerful tool that way too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. It's an interesting question that it's you're wrestling kinda, with. Yeah. I mean, well, and I think that there's just like, like I, I, I need to dig around and like watch what people are doing, you mm -hmm. know, like I, cause I think that there's this interesting mix of like presentation and mm -hmm. personal connection, you know, yep. that some people are doing some of it's more storytelling. Yep. Some of it's more like resource provision. Yep. Um, and there are definitely things I've been kind of toying with some related to make your way about like mm -hmm. helping people figure out some of this business stuff. Mm -hmm. that's like, okay, I could see maybe doing a series around right. that, you know, like, right. or, or like walking through the, like what we're doing today, like walking yeah. through the tools and like, what does it really take? Like, what are the mm -hmm. logistics of doing this? Um, or even doing like a day in the life video or something like that. Like I could see doing some of that, but, um, anyway, so that's kind yeah. of one of those areas where I'm like, uh, you know, like I will definitely be thinking about this more in 2019, but I have no idea what will come of it. Yeah. That's fun though. Yay. Yeah. Exploring okay. Exploring new, so what, new what are you thinking? What do you need to overhaul? What are the things that you're like, oh my God, I'm dreading this, but it really needs to happen. Yeah, there are, there are a couple and a couple of them overlap with uh, the ones that you mentioned. So MailChimp for me um, is a similar sort of thing, mostly because I, I have not, I'm not very good at marketing in general, <laughs> turns out. Uh, this is a common theme for us. Like, okay. And I want to put, let's put a pin in this. I'm, I'm making uh -huh. a little note because I want to circle back to this, Sarah, because 
there's a there's something we need to talk about here. So finish about, your thought, and about, then I will circle us back. Me, me being bad at marketing, um, <laughs> <laughs> marketing in general, marketing in general. Yes. Uh, so I one of one of my sort of amorphous goals for uh, 2019 is to be better about um, utilizing the lists I have and working on growing them uh, email lists because I don't I don't use them especially well. Um, and I don't use them in any way that's actually helping grow my business. And I know I should be. <laughs> so, so um, there's that. So there's that. <laughs> Who wants to grow a business anyway? I mean, yeah. So, uh, so I'm, I'm going to be spending some time um, kind of digging into MailChimp a little bit and uh, doing a little list cleaning, but more uh, specifically taking advantage of some of the automated features a little bit more um, and trying to go ahead and get some of the, like I have a, a monthly email newsletter um, that you can sign up for on my website if you're so inclined that uh, originally was meant to be sort of updates on what, what I'm doing in various areas. Um, I've shifted that to kind of more focus on the Honestly series um, specifically. Uh, and so I, I have a sort of a quote unquote monthly. I think the last time somebody got that monthly was like, to April of this year. Um, so it's been a while. Uh, so I want to get some of those scheduled out to go out more regularly. Um, and then also thinking about building lists um, or tags, potentially, uh, hearing you talk about MailChimp and tags, um, around things like um, online video and digital engagement and some of those areas that I want to grow into a little bit more. So whether that's creating a you know, a thing that people can download if they sign up for my email list, you know, that one of those kinds of, of uh, catch all ways to do that, um, to kind of build a different list than the, than the one I currently have. So there are a few things like that that I'm kind of playing with for from the email marketing side of things. So I need to jump into MailChimp a little bit more um, to dig around there. Um, I have my my website noted here. So I use Wix uh, to, to do my website. Um, and I've been generally happy with the platform. Um, I know a lot of people who use Squarespace and KDU obviously use Word, WordPress. So there are lots of different options out there. Um, and I, I've toyed with exploring um, using one of those others instead. But for the moment, I'm sticking with Wix. Um, but I do need to go in and do some cleaning up of the website. I, it's been a while since I've been in there and kind of um, rearranged things or, or adjusted or updated things. And so I need to get in and do that a little bit. Um, Patreon is one that I, I need to, again, kind of dive in and clean up a little. Um, I recently shifted my Patreon page to be focused, again, more on the Honestly series um, than on my educational videos specifically. Um, Patreon, for those of you who aren't familiar, is is one of these platforms that connects um, creators with the people who uh, support the creative work. So people can contribute monthly uh, to support the, the Honestly series, and then I get a payout um, every month. Uh, so I need to kind of do some adjustment to perks and levels and some things like that based on um, what I'm thinking for the, the future of that series. Um, YouTube, I need to go in and clean up my channel a little bit. It's been a while since I've done that. Um, I need to create some other playlists and, and just kind of clean things up. So there's a lot of like cleanup, end of year cleanup stuff that needs to happen in preparation for 2019. Um, and then the last one, so I use Buffer uh, for my social media scheduling and I'm fairly new to Buffer. Um, I was using Edgar for a while, but then with the big um, shift in Twitter policy to prevent recycling tweets, um, I decided that the cost was not worth what I was what I was using Edgar for at that point. Um, and so I switched over to Buffer, which I generally like. 
But um, again, it, for me, it, it, I think this comes back to your, your theme question comment, Katie, about marketing, um, which is that I'm not especially good at making sure I have content populated consistently um, and going out on buffer. So I want to make sure that I'm digging into that system a little bit more and understanding how best to use it um, to really support the the marketing. So marketing is a big focus for me this, this year, especially this first half of the year. Um, it's one of those things that I know I'm not doing it as well as I could. And I also know what I would need to do to do it better. And it's just felt really overwhelming and like a lot of work, like that giant rabbit hole that I don't want to jump into because days will go by <laughs> and I will get nothing else done. So, but uh, yeah, a lot of it is kind of focused on on marketing for the for the new year. So um, yeah, those are my, my tools that I'm digging around in. I'm going to try to fix some stuff and make it work for me better. So Sarah, not to put you on the spot, oh, no. but to put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> I smell a season five about marketing. Oh yeah, I can. I've see already that. outlined our episodes as you've been talking. Um, I've been taking some notes, so we will. Wondered what you were this. scribbling over there. We will discuss this off the air. However, um, so the thing that I wanted to circle back to when it comes, because I think both of us have been like, oh, we're not good at marketing. Like we keep saying this, mm-hmm. and. I'm not saying it's not true. Um, I completely think that, you know, I, I feel a serious lack in this area. But the other thing that I feel like I've I've had a mindset around that I'm really trying to shift is I have not been taking marketing seriously. Mm-hmm. Like I have been doing it and mm-hmm. like limping along with it. Like you said, like I know that there's stuff I could be doing better. But I think part of it, it's kind of like that... Um, I'm sure it's partly fear-based of this Mm -hmm. idea of like, if you go all the way, what if nobody responds? You know, like Mm -hmm. if you, you know, like certainly there's part of it is that. But also I feel like because the online entrepreneur space is so saturated with like, oh, do this thing and it's a quick thing and you're, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, like you'll get a thousand people added to your list. Like I'm so resistant to that Mm -hmm. that I feel like I've just rejected. I've like thrown the baby out with the bathwater when Mm -hmm. it comes to that. Like I've just said like, forget it. Like I'm not going to do this in a way that doesn't feel genuine to me. But it's meant that I just haven't taken it seriously. And right. and I haven't kind of mapped out, and I'm going to be doing this. Like, this is part of my plan for 2019. I'm going to be mapping out more of my marketing and, like, getting mm-hmm. really intentional about the ads I place in my own podcast, about really helping people to have a sense of, like, cycles of when certain things are going to be coming available and, like, planting those seeds ahead of time. And, like, that's part of this idea that I've talked about in a previous episode about, like, having maintenance projects you know, like, and really sustaining things over time is like, how do you get a marketing strategy together for those things? But I think that like, part of what I hear you saying is like, I need to take this seriously. Like, and I feel like that, can you speak to that a little bit? Like, are you feeling that way too? Or is it something different for you? Because I definitely feel like it's something that I've tried to ignore. Mm -hmm. And I'm finally like, okay, so fine. Marketing is a thing. (laughs) All right, I have to do it. <laughs> fine. Like I need fine. to invest some time and resources and, and also just like knowledge. I need to learn about mm-hmm. how to do this. I need to kind of get a better sense of the strategies, the tactics, you know, like what the possibilities are and how do you do it in a way that you're just, I think part of my concern is I'm just going to put a bunch of stuff out there and see no return on investment. And then it's mm-hmm. just going to feel like a waste of time or I don't know. Tell me what your thoughts are on this. Yeah, for me, it's less about um, putting stuff out there and having people not respond to it, though that is an element of it. Uh, I think for me, it's I don't, (laughs) I don't want to put a bunch of stuff out there and annoy my audience. Like, that's my big thing is I don't want to alienate people who have been kind of circling around. But realistically, like, 
they're circling around because they enjoy what I do. And so if I'm giving them a way, another way to interface with something I do, like that's not a bad thing, but I get in my head about it. I get in my head about like, they're not going to want to hear from me. I don't want to push this thing. I feel like I've already talked about this. Um, But the reality is so many people who I interact with on a regular basis don't know what the heck I do or what I'm doing, which means I'm not talking about it very well. Right. Um, And it means, you know, there's a communications element there too, but, um, but from the marketing perspective, like getting, getting clients in the door is a, is a pressure point for me right now. I'll be honest that like, I'm looking at 2019 and going, (laughs) okay, uh, what, where, where's, where's the money coming from? I mean, I've got a few things lined up, but not enough, uh, to keep, to keep kind of going. So I need to step up that, that game a little bit. Um, but figuring out how to do so authentically and in a way that feels okay to me and doesn't feel sleazy and gross and pushy. And, um, that's, that's where I've really, uh, struggled is this like, uh, but people don't want to hear from me that much or, uh, I don't want to push that thing or, well, but half of my audience doesn't really care about the fact that I made this toolkit and the other half doesn't care that I do videos like, uh, you know, so how do I, how do I talk about these things and how do I um, market them in a way that is comfortable um, for me and also not going to annoy my audience? <laughs> like that's that's where my tension point, uh, I think, at this point comes in. And also just the metric ton of work it's going to take to develop a marketing plan and strategy. And like you said, Katie, like if I try it and it doesn't work, then what, you know, at least right. if I'm not trying it, then I'm not failing at it. <laughs> right. No, I think a lot of people feel this way about marketing yeah. and it's like, it is putting yourself out there. But the other thing I've been thinking a lot about, and this is why I'm carving out some time to do this, um, at the end of 2018, um, as we record this, we're like kind of halfway through December. Um, I want to get into a mode where and I got this idea from Paul Jarvis who talks about scheduling bravery and I've talked about it on my blog before so I can link to that in the show notes but the general idea of it is if I can come up with a marketing strategy for like quarter one of my Mm -hmm. business and I can schedule out the posts and I can draft that marketing content and I can even draft like the automated emails and like other stuff that's going to go out I then don't feel so anxious about it in terms of like how it's going to land or like, like when you're in the midst of writing it and having to like literally click that button in the moment to send it out, you're like, uh, like, it feels kind of like, you know, like you have all these questions, you're in your head, you're like trying to talk yourself out of doing it. I think that scheduling it out ahead of time and having that plan is actually a a good solution to that problem. And I'm going to be experimenting a lot more with that. Because the other thing is, I think that it allows you to get into a mindset of what is the problem that this thing is solving? Mm-hmm. Like, what is, who am I actually marketing this toward? Who, because mm-hmm. I don't want to sell you something that you're not going to use. I don't want right. to sell people something that is not going to solve a specific problem for them. I don't want them to buy a course and never go through it. Like, that's mm-hmm. not the purpose. So how do you kind of get into that mindset of your customer avatar, whatever you want to call it, and draft the content of the marketing with those people in mind Mm -hmm. that to me just feels like it's a lot easier to do ahead of time than to try to do in the moment when it feels kind of icky and you're already kind of resisting it yep yeah i think that's that's a great point uh planning ahead is always good for me it's making myself sit down and actually do that because i don't like the process right like that's the other issue of this is that i don't it doesn't make me feel good to talk about the cool stuff I did, which is maybe a different, 
Like maybe we need to have a psychology session about that. That's a different problem. But that's a different yeah. problem. Um, not that I'm not proud of my work and not that I don't want people to find it, but there is an element to which talking about it, it, it it's not only a vulnerability, but it's also a, um, again, like a pushiness that, that as a Midwesterner, especially, <laughs> I'm just not super comfortable with. Um, and so I have to really stretch myself there. The other thing I'll say is that I'm really bad at articulating the connections between things. So Katie, one of the things that I've always marveled at um, when, when podcasting with you is the, the relative ease with which you can say, oh, on this pod, or on this episode I released a couple weeks ago of my podcast, I talked about this, so we'll link to that in the show notes, right? Like you're very good at doing that. I can talk at length with you about you know, something that maybe I have actually mentioned before in a, in a previous video or blog post. Do I mention, oh, hey, I, I did this thing and you could go check it out. Like, no. <laughs> so that, that interweaving marketing with thinking about, okay, what have I created before that speaks to this thing that I'm making now yeah. and making sure I'm cross-linking? Like, I'm so bad at that. <laughs> so when, when you were talking and you're like, I don't like, you know, talking about my stuff, the thing that I wrote down, cross-market from content and resources. Like, and, I, and so when you say that, it's hilarious because I do think that there is, and this is something I don't feel like I'm doing. Yes, I mentioned podcast episodes and things like that, but in terms of like, and I, I we just talked about this on an episode. I'm not sure if it's airing before or after the one that this is, but mm-hmm. the idea of you know like at the end of a blog post, like saying, "Oh, I have this mini course, and mm-hmm. I'll give you a little discount," you know, if you yeah. want to go and buy it. But really doing that very intentionally, and I honestly think, and it just like pains me so much to say this. Like, the problem is the intentionality. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't have time and I don't have yeah. the brain power and I don't have the, right. like, that's the part that I think I get hung up on. And it mm-hmm. pains me so much to say that because it's like, I love planning. Like, I, yeah. I should be able to make this work. And I think I can. I think yeah. if I really, this is the part for me about taking marketing seriously. Like, if I take it seriously and I'm like, okay, what is the map of my products? What mm-hmm. is the map of the things that I've done? How do they all connect? What are yep. the themes? And like, I can even go onto my blog and click a theme of like, you know, um, loving kindness, you know, to yourself and others, which is one of the elements of radical self-trust. And I can be like, okay, what have I previously written about this that I could like cross link back? Because at some point you just have so much content, you can't do it anymore. Like you can't remember what you've done. And, and even like this video I recently posted to YouTube as an experiment, I think I mentioned it in like two places, one of which Mm -hmm. was like Instagram stories, which like how many ever many see it's a 24 hour thing. Like nobody's seeing this. Um, but still, you know, I've had like 30 people watch it or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, where did you even come from? Like, how Who did you even you? hear about yeah. this? Like, I don't have that many subscribers. Like, I just, there's stuff like that, that it, it it's kind of wasted if you just put it out and, and nobody mm-hmm. knows about it. And so, I mean, that is something that I think maybe that's something we need to think about more and talk about more mm-hmm. is this idea of like, how do you cross market your own stuff? And yeah. I started doing ads on my podcast to do that of like my own products. And I'm actually... Mm-hmm. In 2019, um, I will not have an official sponsor for any of mm-hmm. those shows. And that was my choice mm-hmm. because I wanted to be able to market my own stuff. And I wanted mm-hmm. to be able to have control over that in a way that um, I've loved my sponsors, but it's been, you know, like they get a say and like what goes on there. And I yeah. wanted to really have a lot of freedom with that. And I think that that's something that people have told me, like, it sounds very genuine when mm-hmm. I do those ads on the show. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. Like, I'm yeah. really obviously that's my hope that it does, mm-hmm. but I get good feedback about those mm-hmm. kind of cross ads because it makes sense to people that it would be there. Mm-hmm. So we should think about this more. Yeah. 
Yeah, that seems like a, a good next season series of some sort because there's there's a lot here that, uh, yeah, I'm just not not very good at the marketing. And to go back to your your point about the planning, like I also, uh, yeah, I mean I also like a kind of a nitty gritty you know thing I can dive into, do for a while, check boxes, get it done. You know, I love things like that. But for whatever reason, I think marketing is one of those parts of my business that. I hate that I have to do every part of my business, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to be the bookkeeper. You have to be the person who's, you know, replying to all the emails. You have to be the person who's making all of the big executive decisions and do all of the planning and do all of the work and do all of the marketing. And and marketing is one of those areas that I don't feel as strong in. And so I'm like, it always gets pushed to the end and to the, to the back burner because it's just like, I don't, I can't take one more thing that I have to do in this business. And especially when it's a thing that I don't feel especially competent in and something I don't feel confident in doing. And so, you know, breaking that down a little bit and diving into how do I become confident in marketing and how do I find my, my unique voice in a way that feels okay to me? Like that would probably be an important thing to do in 2019. Hooray! Add it to the list. Season five. (laughs) It's coming. <laughs> I'm excited. No, I literally have eight episode topics hey. written down right here, ready to go. This is this is how Katie works it, for all of you listeners. Oh like, my we'll God. have a conversation and she's like, all right, I got it all done. We're Here we go. I'm ready. I'm it's ready. outlined. Let's go. This is my superpower, strategic mm-hmm. planning, mm-hmm. watching it happen live. <laughs> All right. Well, this was been a, this has been kind of a cool overview of the tools, and this is actually yeah. helping me to feel motivated, especially mm-hmm. about this Mailchimp business, knowing that you're kind of dealing with it too. And yeah. I'm ready to dive in. And maybe this is something we need to do like a check in about at the end of the season to update people on how this went, because mm-hmm. um, between this and some of the kind of rebranding, sunsetting stuff that we're thinking about doing in our businesses, it might be nice to update people on where we actually went with the things that we talked about. <laughs> Did we do any of the things Did we, we said do we were it, going basically, to? Basically, yeah. Like, can we hold us accountable, listeners? We have some <laughs> things that we need to be doing around here. All right. Uh, yeah. Anything else, Sarah, before we wrap up? I don't think so. All right. Well, as always, pleasure to talk with you. Listeners, Agreed. you can always contact us through my email at contact at katielinder.work. And thank you so much for hanging in with this episode. We'd love to hear what you want us to cover in the future. And if you are already intrigued by our marketing season five plans, definitely <laughs> tell us the topics you want us to cover and we'll see what we can include. Uh, until the next episode, thanks so much for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Make Your Way. Show notes and a transcript for this episode can be found at katielinder.work slash podcasts. Make Your Way is part of the Radical Self-Trust podcast channel, a collection of content dedicated to helping you seek self-knowledge, nurture your superpowers, playfully experiment, live your core values with intention, practice loving kindness toward yourself and others, and settle into your life's purpose. Learn more about the RST channel at katielinder.work slash podcasts. If you found this episode helpful, please also consider rating and or reviewing the show in iTunes. Thanks for listening.